0: Hello, everyone. We are rolling for another episode of the JJF One podcast, where Jonah and Jordan talk about all things related to F One. Jordan, the dancing—I love it. We are talking about—we're <laughs> talking about the Turkish Grand Prix, in which Valtteri Bottas won. I can't wait to hear uh, your reaction to that, with Max Verstappen in second and Sergio Perez in third as well as the United States Grand Prix, where Max Verstappen won from Lewis Hamilton in second and Sergio Perez in third. So, Jordan, we haven't recorded in a bit, and uh, we've both been in different places of the world. We've been in exams. It's been uh, uh, a crazy few weeks for the both of us, but it's also been a crazy few weeks in, in the life of F1. So uh, talk us through these last two races uh, as a little bit of an overview.
1: Well, I want to highlight one thing, and it was a crazy stat, kind of expired this weekend with the American Grand Prix, but I'm just going to read it out loud to start off the podcast. From the time that Valtteri Bottas signed his extension to Alfa Romeo until the Turkish Grand Prix, Valtteri Bottas had 51 World Championship points, Max Verstappen had 36 World Championship points. And Lewis Hamilton had 35 world championship points. With the American Grand Prix, that is no longer a thing. But it goes to show you that Valtteri could have a good stint of races when the pressure is not on. And I think that the win in Turkey speaks to that. I think that his performance since signing that deal speaks to that. And boy, oh boy, are we in luck with this championship battle, Jonah. Yeah, what, what are you what are you thinking going into the final five races?
0: I think the final five races are going to be crazy. I mean, we first off we we even have the calendar for next year now, so that's going to be interesting to talk about on a future episode. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of unpredictability uh, related to the next five races or the last five races. I mean, we have Mexico. We haven't been to Mexico since 2019. Um, I think that. If Sergio Perez doesn't get on the podium, it'll be a national tragedy. Uh, (laughs) Then we have Brazil. I think Brazil is going to be a crazy Grand Prix. Like, I think there's going to be 3,000 overtakes. Uh, There's going to be Max versus Lewis, undercut, overcut, everything. Then we have Qatar, where who knows what's going to happen. I mean, I'm looking at this circuit, and it looks weird. Jeddah, same thing. We haven't been there before. I mean, it looks really fast, but hopefully that means that there will be a lot of room for overtaking. And then we have Abu Dhabi where hopefully now that they've fixed the track, it'll lead to some good racing and it'll hopefully be a very good finale um, for, yeah, for this championship. So that is, that is what I have. I think it's going to be absolute craziness for the next five races and I can't wait to see what happens in Mexico um, in roughly two weeks time but now we're going to talk about the last two races so first off let's talk about Turkey I mean we have a few moments to talk about I think you touched a lot on the first step thing that we want to talk about and that is Valtteri's Redemption Day I mean after all this time that you have said, give Valtteri some slack. Come on, Valtteri could do it. There's nothing. I think he. everyone should just take a break for a second. Valtteri has potential. Then you gave up for a bit, and now he won. You successfully predicted it in Turkey. I mean, I I want to leave this up to you a little bit to talk about Valtteri's win.
1: Yeah, um, I'm pretty impressed with it. Uh, yeah, like you said, I was a big believer. I did think he was going to keep the Mercedes seat. I didn't think he would be demoted to a team where, let's be real, he will not be able to perform at the capacity that he is currently able to perform if he were to be performing at his peak. Um, and I did, I, you know, when he was demoted or when the races leading up to his demotion didn't go really so well, I, I did lose hope because... Thinking about the the demotion, I don't think he would be able to live up the potential, as I just said. And so these few races that just happened, it's a vote of confidence. And I'm pretty impressed and I'm pretty happy to see that he did really well. And he drove an incredible race in Turkey at a very tough circuit, too. So I just think that it speaks to what Valtteri could be if he really... um, Puts his best foot forward and is no pressure and is in the right environment.
0: I I agree with you. I think that Valtteri had I mean Valtteri had so much pressure on on him for the last. This is this is season four right now, if I'm not mistaken, for Valtteri at Mercedes, or is it I six? So I I, I don't, know. I
1: don't even know.
0: It's it's been a few seasons, and when you have a seven-time world champion. Uh, and a seven-time consecutive Constructors champion uh, on, on your back. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in his spot, that's for sure, because it's, it's it's absolutely crazy the amount of weight that is put on your shoulders. And I think that now that all of that has taken off, we could finally see that Valtteri, could sh- Valtteri has shown his true race craft. I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen it before in, in Williams. We saw it before a few times conveniently around Sochi circuit. Uh, and we're, we're seeing it again now. I mean, not so much in the U.S. Grand Prix. I mean, I think he did fine, but, you know, engine penalty. Um, but, yeah, I think that this really shows that when there isn't any pressure, Valtteri could make some make some moves.
1: Yeah, and I just want to highlight Uh, one thing. We are in a weird year where because we have this crazy championship battle, we might find ourselves in a situation where the world champion and the constructor might be two different teams. And I think that that speaks more to Valtteri's uh, efforts and racecraft in his car than Sergio Perez's racecraft in the Red Bull. Mm. And I think that I mean, look, I don't want to compare the two because it's, it's apples and oranges, but at the end of the day, I think that we are, because of, of this, it makes me realize that Valtteri is a huge contributor to Mercedes being the Constructors' Champion all these years. I mean, I understand Lewis's dominance, but, you know, Valtteri has complemented that. So I think that we just lacked a lot of uh, uh, credit towards Valtteri these past couple of years. And because we're in this situation where there's going to be differences in the Constructors' World Championship for the first time in a really long time, um i think that uh it's becoming more apparent or at least i'm noticing it more
0: you know this gives me a lot of sebastian vettel vibes and let me let me explain why okay sebastian vettel when he was at red bull let's be real everyone hated him uh, everyone hated him it's like oh man he's foot, what are we gonna him. do now even when he was at ferrari everyone fell in love with him again and now that he's at aston martin Everyone is even falling in love with him even more. I think that this, this situation could also be the case with Valtteri, even though he's still at Mercedes. And I think that it's going to continue like that when
1: he's at Alfa Romeo. Yeah, absolutely. And I find it very funny how he's replacing a fellow Finn in that Alfa Romeo seat.
0: Yeah. Finn but, replacing
1: Finn. <laughs> um, but Jonah, that's, Valtteri's prowess is not doing thing that happened in Turkey. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton also had some troubles. What, what do you think lewis should have done should he have gone into the pits should he have listened should he what should he have done
0: i think that this comes to show i mean regardless of if lewis pit if lewis should have pitted or lewis should not have pitted i think this shows that mercedes is doesn't know how to deal with pressure <laughs> they or it has been a very long time since they've had to deal with pressure from other teams the only, I mean, I've, I've said this a few times on the podcast where in the last seven years, the only people that they've been fighting have been themselves, have been the sides of the garage, whether it was Hamilton versus Rosberg or Hamilton versus Bottas. Now that you have the unknown of Red Bull or whoever is going to follow them, uh, not being in completely in tune with your strategy, um, Mercedes needs to react quickly. And we've seen a few times this season that they don't make the right decisions when it truly matters. So I think that this is not more of a Lewis thing, it's more of a Mercedes thing that they should definitely get the hang of if they truly want to win, not only the drivers, but the constructors championship. I mean, sure. We keep on talking about the drivers being close, the constructors championship in relative um, relative comparison is close as well. So who knows what could happen. And with another pit stop mistake, Mercedes could end up second both and that would be, a, it'll be one of those things that we could pin down over the course of the season and say this is where, I'm uh, not necessarily this in Turkey, this is where they lost the constructors or this is where they lost the drivers, but it could be this is one of the defining moments of how they went down.
1: Yeah, and, and just to add to that, it's the first, I completely agree with everything you said, but just to add to that, it's really the first time in a really long time like like you said the constructors championships back to back to back to back it's the first time we're really seeing mercedes making decisions under pressure knowing that the stakes are high yes they were competing before because they were gunning for the, the championship before however no one was really close to them in terms of the level of the car whereas this year we see red bull's car has gotten significantly better I think so Red Bull has the better car so yeah so there's a the challenger to the W the W12 and now because of that they're now having to make decisions as a team under pressure quicker decisions and decisions that have much higher stakes and we are seeing when you know everything is on the line and the fate of the universe is on the line what is Mercedes going to do we see that they they could be crumbling sometimes, and it's uh, very interesting to see to say the least.
0: I think we're seeing the very human side of Mercedes that we haven't seen in a very long time because it's not James versus James in, uh, in the Mercedes garage, as in like basically James deciding what to do with both cars, it's James versus whoever the strategy guy is at Red Bull who I com- completely forget the name of and it'll come to me eventually but for the first time there's someone outside Mercedes that has that James uh has to compete with so it's 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 a mix of everything
1: and speaking of competing boy did Mercedes have to compete with Red Bull this past weekend at the US GP yeah US
0: Grand Prix baby
1: because Max Verstappen came in first Lewis Hamilton less than two seconds behind. I think it was 1.3 seconds behind, if I'm not mistaken. Very close final lap. Very close final few laps with Lewis trying to catch up. What are your initial comments on the undercut attempt and the result of the race, Jonah? You know what? I didn't
0: a lot of people said that this was that this race was really intense, that anything could have happened and that the suspense was killing them or whatever. I did not have that kind of impression. (laughs) I mean, I like the fact that we saw Lewis fighting back, um, and slowly knocking off, uh, time off Max's lead. Um, but I think that it was too late um, the, the attempt to undercut, uh, sorry. Yes. Undercut. And I, I figured that I did not think that it was going to be a repeat of Spain or of France because something tells me that max going long was going to be the better idea. Um, especially since it was going from hard tire to hard tire where yeah, technically once you put on a new set you'll have better lap times. but there was there was something about going from the same compound to the same compound that didn't really didn't really mesh with me. Had I said uh, maybe hard to medium or hard to soft, I mean the soft would have lasted like five laps and would have exploded, but you get the idea. Um, changing the compound would have probably been a better idea and it would have, I mean, Lewis is uh, a tire management King. I mean, not to the level of Sergio Perez, who we're going to talk about later, but I, I think that going from compound, same compound to same compound, that was what the, that was what did it in for me that I wasn't, I didn't think that it was going to happen.
1: I honestly really like that. I never thought about that, uh, during the race or even after the race for me it was all about uh it was about timing it was about timing above the undercuts going in early and then expecting to go long i think that i actually did think it was similar to spain and france in that way but i you know the broadcast didn't draw comparisons to it but yes i did think it was more similar to spain and france in that way and when it happened i had deja vu and i was pretty pretty confident of um of a Max win. And it was pretty cool to see because they were switching around when, when, when Lewis pitted and everything. So it was pretty cool to see. And what was really cool to see is we kind of had a repeat of Bahrain too at the end where Lewis was trying to catch Max. It was kind of the inverse where in Bahrain, Max was trying to catch Lewis and it didn't happen. And I think that uh, I think that just speaks to Max's mastery of the car. Yeah. Because I do think, and again, All respect to Sergio Perez, we'll again talk to later. But if it was another driver in that Red Bull seat, I do not think that they would have maintained their position. I think that they would have, you know, Lewis would have caught them.
0: Would you have said that about Alex Albon if he was in that Red Bull seat?
1: I I, I might have. Or I would say that Lewis would have crashed into him.
0: Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Whenever Albon is in contention, there's always just Lewis. Coming from behind. I mean, it just
1: spoiled the day. Lewis is the reason why he's, he's not enough on the season.
0: Hey, 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 hey. He's back with Williams. All right. Let's see what happens with that.
1: Yeah. um Maybe a couple points.
0: Yeah. Hopefully. I mean,
1: Williams scored a podium this year. Say what you want about it. Yeah, but... Oh my God. They had uh, George Russell had as many points as Sergio Perez for a period of time.
0: Yeah. I feel like. I feel like we've knocked Sergio Perez enough over the yes. course of this podcast already. Yes, he deserves No, but we can say hurt, though he no.
1: deserves some great recognition for these last few weekends. Um, after the race, I called Jonah and I said, Jonah, Sergio Perez, driver of the day. Sergio Perez since lap one had no water. And the amount of G forces that these drivers are withstanding—I'm surprised he didn't pass out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I I'm, I'm so impressed, and the fact that he did that and came home on the podium at like what could it be like the second, like the the second, to home race that it is for him, because you know, two we, but, you know, two straight podiums on top of it. Yeah, two straight podiums. I'm very impressed with Sergio Perez's racing, and I think that because it's his first year, his job is really to learn the car. And, you know, we put a lot of pressure because he's in a red bull and we shouldn't, but his job is at the end of the day to learn the car. And he was able to not only learn the car this year, but understand his role on the team, which is to help Max win. And yes, it's not him winning, but this year he wouldn't be winning anyway, because again, it's his first year and he has to still learn the car. But in America and Austin on Sunday, he did everything he could to help Max win and come home with a significant amount of points as a, uh, in the meantime. And I think that that speaks to his, his matureness, sorry, his maturity and, <laughs> and uh, his poise. And, and I am I'm very impressed with it.
0: Um, I think that Sergio Perez is finally going to hit the expectations that we've placed on him since the beginning. Um, I think this is a very good marker for it. Um, you know, if there, if we take for granted that Lewis and Max are going to be on the podium, we always thought that Bottas was going to be third, but with the way that it's been going, I mean, over the course of the last few races, with the exception of Turkey, because he won, um, I think that Sergio Perez and Valtteri Bottas could definitely fight for that third place. Um, And one thing that we always, well, that Sergio Perez has not really been too great at over the course of his career is qualifying. And over the course of these last weeks, he's shown that not only in races can he do well, Uh, But in qualifying, he could do well as well. I mean, he qualified P3 in Austin and he held on to that P3. So it's a mix of, it shows what he could do in the race finally with that car and the leap from qualifying uh, at the beginning of the season to the qualifying now. um, I think that's, that's half, half the change as well.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. he, can challenge Bottas. That's also a very interesting race to watch for P3 because not only are, are, is Sergio and Valtteri in the mix, but Lando is too. Lando's and been
0: iffy, though, the last few races.
1: The last few weeks he's been off, but he's still up there. I think right now he's P5, or if I'm not mistaken. He's still in contention. Um,
0: I'm going to do some uh, quick research while you're talking just to make sure. <laughs>
1: Yes, no, I, I'm pretty sure he's in P5. But Yeah, I think that it's a very interesting race to watch, and also for P3 and the constructors, Ferrari and McLaren are also battling it out. And it was very interesting to see on the first lap of the uh, of the US GP when we had some switcheroos with Ricardo and Lando and Science and Leclerc was up in P4, which was also great. Um, Leclerc hasn't been extra- extraordinary this year, but he has been more consistent recently. Mm-hmm which is also good to see. Leclerc getting
0: P4 this race, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he did. But yeah, look at look at this uh, <laughs> pop of the driver's standings. I mean, we have uh, Max and Lewis, and then we have Bottas having a 35-point gap over Perez, and then Lando is one point behind Perez for P4. Yeah, he's still in contention. And Sergio Perez got P through P four last year as well in the constructors after missing two races because of COVID in a Racing Point.
1: <laughs> yeah, and look where Racing Point is now. Oh, oh my! I think George Russell. I think George Russell has more points than Lance.
0: I'm kidding. I'm joking. George, no, George Russell has has 10 less points than Lance, but...
1: That's pretty, pretty concerning for Aston Martin. We haven't spoken enough about Aston Martin. Yeah, we
0: haven't spoken enough about Aston Martin. I mean, now that we're talking about it, do you want to continue talking about it? Yeah, I I
1: just, I just, the the expectation for this season was that they were going to build off of that racing point season. But it really didn't come to fruition and I'm really upset about it because as a Lance and Aston Martin fan, I cheer for them every single race and Lance is a guy out of Q3 and he might as well be in a house. Oh my gosh. It's just reality. Uh, yeah. Well, I look, I, I think he's an amazing driver, but I do don't think the car is, I don't, I do think they made a lot of mistakes with the car. Clearly. I, um, I
0: think that it's, it's an absolute disappointment that getting into the points for this car is good.
1: Also, I don't, I don't know much about, you know, engineering or anything, but the car is terrible when it has a slipstream. Like, overtaking with this car is almost impossible. Meanwhile, know know you know who's thing. number one and number
0: three in terms of overtakes the entire year? Seb and Lance. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Then never mind that comment. No, but... You have a good point is that
1: it's so difficult yet they get it done. Yeah, um, and then I guess look, you know what? Then never mind. I negate that as well. I think it just speaks to their excellent race craft.
0: Yeah, I mean, here, hold on. Over the course of the US Grand Prix, Sebastian Vettel did six overtakes and Lance did five. Over the course of the entire season, um Sebastian Vettel has done the most overtakes of any driver with 102 and Lance is in
1: P4 with 90. See, that just speaks to how great they are because when they're in qualifying, the car does not go fast.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was so disappointing to see Lance Stroll not even get out of Q1. But it, but unfortunately, that's what it's been all year. Like they struggled to get into Q3. Mm-hmm. It's... It's it's extremely disappointing. I mean, oh, also, fun fact about the overtakes. Lance Stroll has 90 overtakes on the season. You want to know who also has 90 overtakes on the season? His former teammate, Sergio Perez.
1: Interesting.
0: <laughs> and that, that well, comes to show that they're both good drivers. It's just, what is going on with that car? Yeah, they are. They're fantastic drivers. but. Again, this is not even running...
1: bias anymore. Like we have, proof. No. they're good drivers. No, no, no. They're good drivers. They deserve the seats. Just the car is not there. Like I said, in qualifying, they might as well be in the house. <laughs>
0: it's, it's,
1: it's well, sad, well, honestly. I I'll mean, be eating my words next year when Haas spent the entire year developing their 2022 car and they're fantastic next
0: year. Well, yeah, but Haas also has dollar store budget. So <laughs> I don't think that their car will be that good next year either. Um, well,
1: this was a great podcast
0: <laughs> yeah this was you know what we ended up talking about Aston Martin I feel like it's been a long I think time it's a coming win. um we ended up talking about the U.S. Grand Prix and the Turkish Grand Prix and in uh seven no 10-ish days time we have the Mexico Grand Prix Jordan Hit us up with a prediction.
1: Well, it looks like my prediction for the Turkish Grand Prix came came true. I did have – I think I predicted Russell and the points once correctly. So I'm hoping that my uh, predictions come true again and that I continue my streak, I guess. Uh, we're in Mexico, and I think we're going to get a uh, – Double points finish from Aston Martin because we just spoke about them. That's your double... Okay, double points. I mean,
0: I want to talk about that a little bit because where is this car good? (laughs) It's not good on the straights. It's not good in the corners.
1: What's going to happen? I don't know. I just think they're going to get double points because Otmar Zafnauer is a great strategist and strategy really matters in Mexico.
0: Okay, that's good. Well... My over my not overtake, my bold prediction is I can't I can't say anything other than this. Sergio Perez is at least going to be on the podium. He should win.
1: He he, they should let him
0: win. Yeah, honestly, I don't care about the drivers' championship. Okay. Look, if Max has a 30-second lead. And Sergio Perez is in second. I think he should just pull over for 30 seconds and let Sergio Perez win. What is it going to do? What is it going to do? If you already have a one-two anyways, you're going to get the double points. Um, You're going to get full points, probably a fastest lap too. I think that for the Mexican fans who, I don't know, what happened? I'm like, there's so many tracks that we missed because of COVID. Mexico isn't a fantastic track, but their fans are absolutely crazy. One place that I want to be on a circuit is in that bowl. Um, yes. The
1: stadium, the stadium section.
0: Yes. I want to be in that bowl during the Grand Prix. Um, but first we need to get back to Montreal and see our own <laughs> Grand Prix first. Yes. As
1: soon as um, tickets go on sale, that's what I'm purchasing.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Whoever wants to come with us, write us, uh, let us know in the comments. Uh but yeah, that Sergio Perez, he should be on the podium. I hope he wins because I want to hear all the Mexican fans screaming the national anthem of Mexico. And on that note. On that note, if you want to follow us for the Mexico Grand Prix and for the rest of the season, this intense season, feel free to Like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at the GGF1 podcast. And we will see you for the next episode. See ya.